the term qualification does not relate experiential qualification, but the ability of an individual to be able to be included in the ballot paper. It means uh, qualifying criteria rather than uh, academic qualifications. I think that's quite important to stress. Uh, thank you, Chairperson, on that one. If we can move to the next one. The next one uh, then deals with uh, a concern that was raised across all provinces, Chairperson, that uh, about the potentially longer ballot paper, as members of the community anticipate that there will be many independent candidates contesting provincial and national elections. Uh, there were those that are totally in support or those that are not totally in support of independent candidates to contest elections argued that uh, stringent measures of entry such as the high number of signatures and high deposit fee uh, would assist in addressing the challenge of a potentially longer ballot paper now these members of the community uh, chairperson were of the view that uh, a longer ballot paper will confuse uh, voters particularly the elderly and the, the illiterate, which will lead to a higher number of uh, spoiled ballot papers. And so that was one of the concerns that uh, was raised. Now, these members of the community are of also of the view that uh, the electoral amendment bill should increase the threshold of uh, participation in elections in order to avoid purely uh, opportunistic uh, candidates. And further, they also argued that uh, the result will be that uh, small parties and candidates will occupy key seats uh, that hold a balance in a legislature where no party gets over 50% of the seats. And some then argued that this will lead to an unstable and temporary coalition that could paralyze the government service uh, delivery. And our response at the top, if we can scroll up, uh, is that the criteria developed uh, may assist in keeping the list of those who uh, qualify. If we can move to the next one. The, the next one, Chairperson, in terms of clause number six, uh, and it emanated in all the provinces uh, many submissions from the provinces agreed with the insertion of clause six and uh, i think there was synonymous calling uh, for harsher sanctions this is really around the code of conduct uh, there were those that believe there should be harsher sanctions including disqualifications for any uh, political party or independent candidate who contravene uh, the code of conduct as well as a more rigorous vetting of the qualifications of candidates and their support signatures. It was also recommended during the hearings that uh, mechanisms be put in place for the public to report any violations of the code or the requirements for independent candidates stated in clause 431B. I think we've noted uh, that comment is aligned to what is in clause number six. Uh, now we move to clause number eight, Chairperson. In clause number eight, uh, in all the provinces where they are opposing uh, views, Chairperson, uh, there are two opposing views with regards to the payment of non-refundable deposit fee that must be paid by independent candidates. Now, the first view, Chairperson, which was uh, prim primarily raised by 
people who identified themselves to be members of political parties, in particular the African National Congress and the Economic Freedom Fighters, argued that uh, the deposit fee for independent candidates should be set very high and should be non-refundable. Now, if you look at uh, the this view, is that if uh, the deposit fee is set very low, there will be many opportunistic or questionable candidates, and uh, they believe that it will dilute voter participation if elections become uh, too complicated with too many choices and higher numbers of spoiled uh, votes. And those who support this view also believe that the deposit fee should be non-refundable. If we can scroll down, advocate, so that people can follow. So this view is that uh, the the uh, or, or those who support this view also believe that this fee should be non-refundable and forfeited to the state uh, as it is proposed in the electoral amendment bill. And then, of course, there was another view. The second opposing view is that uh, the deposit fee should be set very low uh, so that no one should be excluded from contesting elections due to financial constraints. The School of Thought argues that a very high deposit fee will limit political contestation to the elite few and exclude grassroots organizations, women and persons with disabilities who have community support but do not have uh, the uh, finances. Uh, particularly considering the country's current high unemployment rate and uh, economy. And of course, amongst those uh, who uh, argue the deposit fee should be affordable, uh, there was also a small uh, minority that also proposed that even if an independent candidate doesn't win a seat in the provincial or national legislature, their full deposit or a portion of it should be refundable. Now, linked to that, there was another matter that was uh, also raised, which we believe it's uh, separate and unrelated. There was also a question that was raised as to whether the deposit paid was related or aligned to political party funding act. Now, let's then go back to our response on the first one. On the first one, we are of the view that uh, the IEC chairperson will further develop regulations relating to the uh, fee required. Uh, it may be very well that the deposit fee required may be equivalent to that paid by political parties. And we're of the view that uh, delegating this function to the IEC as an independent institution will ensure that the fee is reasonable. And of course, uh, the administration of the ballot paper will remain uh, within the mandate of uh, the independent electoral uh, commission. Now, the latter part of uh, a concern that was raised, if we can scroll down, there was a question that was raised, Chairperson, as to uh, whether the deposit paid was related or aligned to the Political Party Funding Act. And our response is that no, the payment of the prescribed uh, deposit fee cannot be aligned or related to the Political Funding uh, Act. Uh, the two, if you will note, are completely separated and unrelated. Uh, that's the first response. And then, of course, uh, as a result of the electoral amendment bill, there will be consequential amendments relating to the Political Party Funding Act to include independent candidates. So that's our uh, submission on those uh, two issues. We'll now move to clause 11. 
Now, Clause 11, Chairperson, the key emerging issue across all the provinces uh, was mainly on the contestation with regards to the allocation of seats in the National Assembly and provincial legislatures between independent candidates and candidates representing political parties. Now, the first school of thoughts agrees with the electoral amendment bill proposal regarding the allocation of seats in the provincial and national uh, legislatures. They argue that uh, this proposal, Chairperson, is the most suitable for South Africa as it allows for the continuation of the proportional representation or PR system, which has served the country well without any contestation uh, of uh, the freedom and fairness of uh, elections. Now, those who support this school of thought argue, Chairperson, that it is only under the PR system that minority groups can find a political voice. Uh, for instance, uh, it will include small parties that represent minority groups uh, are most likely to have a representation on the PR system. Now, then there was an opposing view, uh, which, which was supported mainly by communities who identified themselves as not members of political parties, and they argued that uh, the proposed seat allocation system is biased towards political parties. In their view, Chairperson, uh, uh, all 400 seats in the National Assembly should be equally contested by both independent candidates and candidates of political parties. They further emphasize that there should be no number of seats uh, that are reserved for contestation by political parties only. This members, uh, chairperson uh, of the communities, further argued that any reservation of seats for political parties will be unconstitutional as it will not only allow for an equal contestation as required by Section 19.3b of uh, the Constitution. For them, they uh, argued that if voters want to be represented by 400 independent candidates, they should then be granted that uh, uh, opportunity. And then there were also submissions, Chairperson, calling for the proportion of a regional versus compensatory seat to change from 75%, which translates to about uh, 300, and 25% translating to about uh, 300, uh, uh, respectively. Uh, from the 50-50 proposed, uh, which is currently proposed in the amendment bill. And they argued that uh, that is as per the Fanzel Slabet uh, report. Now, if you note further is that uh, in also in this general view, there was uh, also an argument that uh, the closed list must be scrapped in favor of an open list because it does not add value in electing a representative. Now, if you look at clause 11.3 uh, on the required number of candidates, they further argued that uh, there were two submissions uh, that uh, believe that this should be dealt with as a matter of compliance prior to an election, rather than the complicated procedure concerning uh, the forfeiture of seats, uh, which is dealt with in uh, clause number 11.16. I thought it's important to relate exactly the uh, issues that were raised. Now, if you go to the top, uh, where our response is uh, provided for as informed by legal counsel, uh, the, the reality is that uh, chairperson, independent candidates are not political parties. Our view is that a single candidate cannot hold more than one seat. 
There is therefore no practical system of which we are aware that will avoid uh, this uh, issue. I think you skipped. Uh, and then further, an independent candidate, if they choose to run as an independent candidate rather than forming his or her own political party, if we scroll down, in doing so, uh, they accept, he or she accepts uh, chairperson uh, that uh, he or she can only be elected to a maximum of one seat. The third area is that a voter voting for an independent candidate chooses to vote for the independent candidate rather than a political party. And in doing so, uh, it therefore means uh, that uh, the voter accepts uh, that uh, they are indeed, if you can scroll down, uh, advocate, that the voter accepts that his candidate or a candidate can only be elected to a maximum of one seat. And then uh, there can accordingly be no complaint of prejudice or unfairness by the independent candidate or the voter. So that's our submission with regards uh, to that uh, long uh, concern that was raised. Now, the, the next one, and then deals with uh, the regional seats. The main issues raised on this clause, which cuts across the provinces, is that the term regional seats would dealt with it uh, right at the beginning. Uh, there seems to be an issue that uh, it is confusing in this regard. And then those who are opposed to this term argued that regional seats should be replaced by constituencies. They argued again, Chairperson, that the Electoral Amendment Bill should adopt the same proposal uh, that was made by the Fanzeo Slabet uh, report supporting um, or, by, 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 or supporting the option two of the Ministerial Advisory Committee and the Honorable Lukota's 2020 Private uh, Members Bill. If we can uh, scroll down. And you will note that uh, in the hearings, uh, there were suggestions that ranged from uh, 66 to 200 uh, constituencies. Of emphasis is that uh, uh, independent candidates and political party candidates must compete for the votes in their constituencies without reserving seats for political parties. And then there was uh, that concern that was also raised uh, in, the, uh, that, uh, in the bill the proposed nine regions will require 82,000 or 5.5% of votes for each independent candidate's seat compared to the 40,000 in the last elections. And they indicated that this was unfair. If you were to compare them with other other activities. Uh, now, if it, yeah, I then indicated that this was unfair when small political parties could get a seat with less than 1% uh, of uh, the vote. Now, further support for this view uh, also called for more extensive review of the system as indicated. And then uh, concerns that we, or issues that were raised were, for example, the call that was made by former President Mandela when he left office in 1999 for a review of the electoral system. And then uh, they also recalled that in 2002, President Beke established a task team led by Fanzeev Slabet to examine electoral reform and the team called for a more accountable system, which would have combined constituency-based representation by voting for a specific individual and proportional representation known as a mixed system. Again, they then indicated that in 2006, Parliament had appointed an individual 
panel to assess the electoral system and they found it in need for a no, or which found that there was a need of electoral reform and their view was that since 2006 the last of the four investigations confirming the need for electoral reform, reform and that no concrete action had been taken in 16 years ago in addition to some political parties that have held office since 1994. So these are some of the issues that were raised. Then there was an alternative proposal that was uh, raised for the calculations of regional seats which was made. The proposal was as follows, that uh, there should be a two-stage process where all who meet the full quota for one seat be awarded a seat, whether as parties or independent uh, candidates. Once no one is left who is entitled to assist based on the meeting, uh, then the full quota threshold, meaning that uh, the, the seats should then be given to the parties uh, that have uh, the highest average uh, of votes uh, per, per seat won. So there, there's a lot of detail uh, that's provided in terms of uh, that uh, issue that was raised. Then there was another concern that, or concern that was raised across provinces around the discarding uh, of votes. Uh, advocate, if we can scroll down to the bottom part. Yeah, there we go. So there was another concern that was raised, uh, raised across provinces with regards to discarding votes once an independent candidate meets the threshold for a seat. And many of those who opposed the discarding of votes did not really offer any alternative solutions, but uh, indicated discarding surplus votes goes against the equality clause in the constitution and it means that uh, surplus voters are deprived. They argued that surplus voters are deprived of an opportunity to participate in an election. And they also argued that the PR list uh, should be introduced uh, to deal with situation wherein a candidate dies or resigns. Um, it is worth to note that uh, one South Africa movement and others argued that uh, the excess votes of independent candidates should be transferable to candidates identified by the winner of these excess votes uh, in advance of the elections as per Honorable Likota's uh, bill. They further argued that uh, this will also better allow for the inclusion of independent candidates in the National Council of Provinces seats if their predetermined affiliates could be represented in the NCOP if they have a seat in the National Assembly. Uh, this view was, however, rejected by more of the uh, oral submissions uh, than those in support. Now, if we go back to our uh, response uh, to this matter, right at the top, Our response is that uh, there are 400 seats in the National Assembly, and then uh, the first 200 seats, uh, as proposed in the amendment bill, is that uh, the first 200 seats are elected from each of the nine provinces or regions, and that the remaining 200 seats are compensatory seats that are designed to achieve the proportional representation required to be achieved by Section 41. Uh, 46 1d of the constitution chairperson it is also correct that uh, the independent candidates may only 
be elected to occupy the 200 regional seats as stated in the uh, amendment bill. If we scroll down. All right. The, the second reality, Chairperson, is that uh, independent candidates are not political parties, and therefore a single candidate cannot hold more than one seat. Uh, there is uh, therefore no practical system of which we are aware that will avoid the so-called wasted votes issue as raised uh, in one of the concerns at the top. So if we can move to the next one. Thank you. Again, uh, Chairperson, I think this is the last one. Uh, there was a concern that was raised around uh, vacancies. Uh, and again, there were two opposing views on this clause. On this clause, uh, the first view, which was raised by those again who identified themselves to be members of political parties, uh, was to support the proposal of the Electoral Amendment Bill that vacancies that are left by independent candidates should be left vacant until the next election. The rationale chairperson for supporting this proposal is that the country will be in perpetual elections, which then disturbs the service uh, delivery, and it's very costly as uh, political parties. If we can uh, scroll down. Yeah, in that uh, it will be very costless. Political parties and independent candidates will continually be campaigning if the seats should not or should be uh, filled. Now we've provided a response that's supported by uh, council, and our view is that uh, it will be utterly impractical, chairperson, and an unjustified financial strain on the fiscus but also on the ability of uh, the states. If you were to imagine that uh, every time there's a vacancy, uh, you then have to uh, have an election for the state to govern, uh, to similarly provide for a replacement of the independent candidate through a by-election. And of course, this is because independent candidates are voted for at a provincial or regional level. Now, as a result, the by-election will have to be organized at a provincial or regional level every time there is a vacancy in the National Assembly. Chairperson, that then ends our submission with regards to uh, concerns or issues that were raised during the public uh, hearings and also is contained in the report uh, that you have shared with us. Thank you so much. Back to you, the Minister. Thank you very much, DG. Uh, Chairperson, I revert back to you. That is our uh, presentation. Thank you. Thank you very much, members. Uh, the chairperson has indicated that he is having some, some challenges with network. Um, and if it, it happens that he doesn't speak, that I should continue then with the meeting. Um, I think I, I was handing over to Minister, but Minister has already indicated that he's done and his presentation is, does the DM have anything to, to add before we move? Well, thank you. I think the presentation uh, represents uh, everything that we wanted to say. And as the Minister has said, we are done. 
will only come in when we need to take some of the questions. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we're now going to proceed to members, uh, and we're going to start in the order of uh, uh, co-chair. We'll start with you, and then we'll move to... Uh, okay, I see Honorable Ruas's hand up, up. Before we proceed, can I just take his hand? Honorable Ruas? Honorable Ruas, is that an old hand? Sorry, okay, members, let us... To me? Yes, Honorable Ruas, you had your hand up. I thought you wanted to raise something before we, we proceed. Oh, no, Chase, sorry. I, I just lost my signal. Uh, that I, no. I did. Th thank you very much. Members, there seems to be a challenge with the MTN network. Um, I've also been able to establish that, but we're going to proceed. I'm going to start with uh, Honorable Lizal, um, <laughs> Chair. Honorable yep. Minister. No, sorry, sorry, sorry for on. I, 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 my apologies. It was just sure, a small shot. Sure. So we are going to we, we're going to start with the uh, Honorable Lizal. We're going to move to Honorable Kanile. Chair, you're back. Do you want to proceed? No, no, no. Thanks, uh, uh, Honorable Pile. For as you've noted that uh, there's a network. Uh, issue uh, and apologies for for members and uh, the DG, thank you very much you have, uh, now uh, concluded your presentation on behalf of the of the department we will will start with the the understanding was that after the dg the minister will comment and the dm um unless we take another approach uh, to invite members for comment and then they'll respond to that. Uh, uh, the minister has suggested that we need to, or the DM respond, comment after that. Minister, is that an understanding what's holding? No, we have already responded, Chair, by saying... Chair, Chair, we've covered that already. Both Minister okay. and DM has said we must proceed. Okay. No, no, thanks. Apologies. Uh, thanks very much for that clarity. We'll move on that line. Uh, we'll invite uh, Honorable uh, Lizel. Uh, we'll invite Honorable uh, Tuako. Honorable Mulekwa, Honorable Ross, Honorable Ramuloben, Honorable Kanyile, and Honorable Pile. Um, I'm, sure, I'm not sure whether uh, Honorable uh, Tito and Honorable Lokwase uh, and Veteran Lokota are in attendance. I can't see them on the on the notes, but will, Matunzi will indicate to us in that order. Coche, Honorable Lizette. Yeah, thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much to the DG, the Minister, and the DM for the presentation. I don't have any questions of clarity. Um, I think the department's position is very clear. However, I want to make the point that, of course, I think all of the issues that were raised during the public hearings um, had merit. For example, I think, you know, the issue of the discarded votes, as much as we hear the reasoning um, that, you, you know, of course, an independent candidate cannot transfer votes, they were solutions or possible ideas put forward by people in terms of how they want us to deal with that the issue around uh, deposits uh, for independence or the fees, you know, the registration fee and whether that money is uh, returned to them or not. 
So, of course, I think all of those issues have got merit and it's then, you know, it will be up to us as a committee to decide on how we deal with these issues once we get into the processing of the bill and the clause by clause and all the other um, processes that we will undertake. But for now, I think the presentation by the department is clear and um, I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Lizelle, for your comment and contribution. Honorable Tuako, Dr. Tuako, and congratulations again. Your, your network is a bit, uh, yeah, I think you can get a proper space, Honorable uh, Tuako. Yeah, let's try to proceed. Honorable Tuago. Okay, uh, can you hear me now, Yeah, you are better now, you are better now. Get you clearly. Um, I'm not sure how you are going to okay, assist me, but so that you're audible. Yeah, let me. I will call you again. Let me go to just find the space there. Okay. Yeah, Honorable Thank you very much, Chairperson. Let me start by appreciating the presentation has been presented, and also appreciate the effort. Uh, for compiling a comprehensive uh, report on the amendment bill on electoral act. Chairperson, would like to note and welcome the report as been presented. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable Honorable Ross. Thank you, Chairperson. I, had, I hope I'm clear. Um, Chairperson, uh, yeah, I, I understand most of the, the responses. Uh, I think the one question um, is really around the seat allocation. Um, and, and clearly there's been quite a bit of uh, concern about that and, and how, it affect, how it relates to proportionality. And uh, the DG mentioned, you know, there's a three-stage system and that a two-stage system was also raised. Um, my, 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 just my question of clarity is um, why why is the existing system not being considered? Um, if if you consider that it in the first stage it it sort of looks at proportionality, but but where you have independents that are sort of then get awarded a single seat, um, why the droop quota isn't then considered somewhere uh, in that mix? Um, because it seems, chairperson, from a number of respondents that. You know, the, the, the big issue there is that you can have uh, an independent that needs to get 80,000 uh, votes to get a seat, for example, where a political party might end up only needing 40,000. And that's where the issue of proportionality 
um, is coming in and the you know the existing system of seat allocation um I'm, I'm just wondering why that is not considered at all um, because in in that scenario one could one could have a situation where you at least with a droop quota um try and alloc you, you know you allocate seats to uh, independents that don't get a full seat but that get close to a seat um Whereas with the current system, they would lose out, but then in a further round, a political party would get that seat with less votes. So the, the gist of my question is, why is the existing seat allocation system uh, not being considered? Um, because, Chairperson, you could have a scenario where, let's say, and I'm pretty certain it's not going to happen, uh, but you could have 90% of... Um, votes going to independent candidates across South Africa, for example. Um, and then you'd have a situation where, where literally uh, th they would then only be able to get half half the seats in Parliament, and then uh, the, the the rest of the persons might get, or the parties might get 1% each, in an in a extreme example, um, and then they, they would actually be able to form a coalition um, and have the same number of seats as 90% of the persons. So... So I think the you know the main issue here that hasn't been addressed uh, to my satisfaction is um, you know with the three-step system why is the existing system not being considered? Thank you, Honourable Wos, uh, for your contributions, uh, Honourable Lafasse. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, I actually recommend, but would like to say, let's note the report and send it as a portfolio committee to the legal team of Parliament for at a later stage. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Let me try Honorable Tuaco. Okay, Honorable Ramalobe. Honorable Kanile. Um, good morning, Chairperson, and greetings to the Minister, the Deputy Minister, the colleagues and the representatives from the Department of Home Affairs. Chaperson, we, we note the presentation as well as the responses from, from, from the department and we, we, we welcome that. I think I have been covered by Honorable Rose. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Can I check Honorable Tsuako uh, if you're back? Uh, check, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. No, that's fine, change Jefferson. Um, the, 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 we would like to, to, to actually submit ourselves the, our official, you know, the position of the, 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 the EFF, if it needs to be. And we said, in one of those, um, I think that we agree with the department in terms of that the, uh, 
the I mean the threshold nomination for independent must not be less than twenty thousand right people who are registered to vote. Uh, you know, because you cannot have people there just in willingly trying to come and do you not know, the the like not the contestation. So we propose that uh, the, the the independent must submit not less than twenty thousand people who are registered to vote and those people must be able to be verifiable so that you don't have me cough or let you get the people who are going to be put there and say notice that they are going to be vote for me. Um, and also in terms of the deposit, the deposit of the independence that it must be, it must, it must be the same deposit as a deposit paid by political parties and it must not be refundable. I think that probably if I hear the department well, that we do agree with other that we, we propose it must not be refundable so that you don't have again you know a long list of panels because if you make this thing very simple you will have uh, almost uh, what ten thousand people i mean that panel will be almost a uh, whole you know the kilometer uh, that, that is there and we strongly discourage elections to replace the independent you know, you know the you know the candidate. So we want to support that the fact that if an independent passes on or resign in parliament or legislature, um, you know we 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 must not have any violation because the country will be in a permanent election mode. We have one, and also it will open up some opportunities where people will be, uh, you know, you know will be targeted you know, to the place and all those kind of things that are like that. So we discourage the view that Uti, there must be any by in the elections there. So I think that uh, also uh, that those who contest as individual, uh, independent candidates né, and get high votes, that, that is uh, you know, required. Um, they must forfeit all those votes, you know, they, you know like the, the remaining vote because you would have been given a clear and equal opportunity and option to contest as a political party. So that's enough like, you know, saying that I've got these votes more, we must transfer them out, that we must be able you know, to discourage that. I think that's fair. We will also chair make a formal, you know, we'll send you this, uh, you know, our position as the EFF. We've actually participated in, in all these, uh, you know, the debates across the country. I thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable uh, Tsako. Can I check Honorable Mramula Ben? Speak on the line. Honorable Pile. Thank, thank you very much, uh, Chair. I think, uh, Chair, firstly, let me just say that um, we, we note the report um, and we also must applaud the responses that we've received in terms of comments. Um, Chair, there's just two minor things that I want to to perhaps uh, suggest. The one is on clause, I'm just going to open that clause, um, where we talk about uh, an individual voting for an independent, I think it's clause 11, yes, clause 11, that we should also add the word collective because one of the submissions that were being made when it comes to this surplus votes or inverted commas wasted because we are not saying wasted it's it's what they were saying when they were submitting that it's wasted votes but the submission was that uh the vote should then be moved to a next independent and and the response or the argument should be that not just political parties but they're not voting for a collective 
when an, when when a voter votes for an independent, they are voting for an individual, not a political party and not a collective. They've decided to vote for a person, not for more than one person. So you can't then transfer votes um, to, uh, to, to anyone else. And then the other point is to add the word uh, ballot booklet, because it came out in many of the hearings where in terms of the, the filling of vacancies and also in terms of the ballot being too long, that um, in order to have, you know, the reason for criteria or to make sure that there is some kind of qualifying criteria is to ensure that you don't have a, a long drawn out process. One was that the ballot be doesn't become a ballot booklet. And two was that the process of election does not get extended. Currently, we vote in a single day with special votes being two days before. If you had to go with a ballot booklet, it means that you're going to have elections over a week or maybe longer than a week. And we don't have the resources to be able to do that. We also don't have the resources to be able to put up ballot booklets and have that number of independence. Chair, I want to propose that as the committee, we note this report and that we also then move to the program of action in terms of the charting uh, the way forward. Uh, for the for the rest of the process, I thank you. Thank you, uh, honourable uh, members, honourable Pile, for all your contributions. I'm going to invite the minister to make comments on the issues that you raised, and then we will outline the process how we're going to uh, uh, run this uh, item on the electoral uh, interaction. Honourable minister. Thank you, chairperson, and thank you very much for. Inputs by honourable members. Uh, I've got a few remarks to make, Chairperson. Uh, I've repeated it many times, and I still want to repeat it. That the Fanzine Slabbed report consists of 72 pages. In none of the pages is the word independent ever arising. They have said nothing whatsoever about independence, and, and people keep on quoting it as this. The report was about bringing independence parliament. The main thing about Francis Labet was about constituencies. And our report is about constituencies, even though it's, it's a bit different from the way he wanted to define such constituencies. The second thing is about a mention is made of the Lokota bill. If I'm not mistaken, speaking under correction, Chairperson, there is no Lokota bill now because the veteran, honorable veteran Lokota, has withdrawn his bill, and he did not just withdraw it. It was after we have responded to the issues that were raised in that bill. You remember I appeared in front of this committee and offered not a criticism, but a critique of what was in that bill, showing the impracticality of some of the proposal, and hence it was withdrawn. The third thing I want to say is that the constitutional court judgment is very clear on uh, uh, paragraph 15 of the judgment. It says as to whether we, what type of electoral system the country is going to adopt. It's not an issue of the constitutional court. It's an issue of parliament. Parliament has got the sole responsibility, the power, and the right in their own wisdom to decide on a particular electoral system of the country, not the courts. So what we're doing as a Department of Home Affairs was responding to the 24 months given by the Constitutional Court to accommodate independence. And that's exactly uh, what we are doing. 
Uh, and we think we have done it in a way as much as possibly could. The fourth thing I want to say, Chairperson, is that we took a long time before we came with the policy after the Constitutional Court judgment. We were criticized for that. There was a belief that we are scared to make any changes. But we took a long time because we were studying electoral systems around the whole world. We tried everything in our power. And we gave you an example of a few during my first presentation in Parliament. There is no electoral system anywhere in the world that is so perfect as to meet all the concerns and the desires uh, uh, of people in that particular country. Every electoral system we studied has got its own vices, has got its good points, but it also has got its points which will never be satisfied about. But countries have been able to choose what they regard as important for their country. And no particular electoral system of one country can 100% feed into the need of a different country. So we have got very difficult choices uh, 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 to make. Honorable Ruas, uh, I tried my best to understand you about the existing system of allocation of seats. And my worry is in the existing system, there are no independents. I'm not very sure whether the present existing system will adequately uh, provide for independence because when the system was provided for, there were no independents in South Africa. And secondly, I thought we finally agreed that the seats will be allocated in two steps. And the, the, the reason is because we want to give independence as much chance as possible to get into parliament. And that's why the first seats are by them only. They are not contesting with the political parties, only them amongst themselves. And this threat is forgotten. I don't hear anybody mentioning it. They keep on mentioning that no political parties have got an advantage. Uh, uh, and nobody says, but we are giving independence an advantage of contest, I mean, of, of uh, 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 being allocated seats alone without any political party getting anything. Only after we have accommodated all of them, at least those who reach a quarter, is then that we go for uh, political parties. The other thing I want to mention, Chairperson, let me take this opportunity uh, to congratulate uh, Dr. Chuagu. Uh, I've never been able to attend a meeting where he was present after uh, I've heard an announcement that he has got a doctorate. But uh, Dr. Chuagu, allow me to be a little bit silly. Uh, when you, they announced your doctorate, it was, if I'm not mistaken about information technology, but I noticed that every time we've got this session, you, you, you struggle to, to, to connect because, not because you don't know how to, but you're always in an area where there's no connectivity. Can I propose uh, that we, we end that irony so that every time we've got a portfolio, look for another area because we are missing your inputs all the time. It's not the first time that you, are, you meet your inputs because of connectivity, but anyway, uh, that was just, by the way, I was just becoming silly. I'm, I'm very proud of... of uh, uh, is that a response from Dr. Tuagunse? Minister, are you, have you finished with your comments? 
No, I'm seeing that is on the screen. I thought you wanted to see something. But I was just look, I, I really hardly congratulate you. The first time he told me that he has got qualification in this area. When we were at the government printing works, I really didn't understand fully what you meant. I now understand. That's why I'm hardly uh, uh, congratulating you. The last issue, Chairperson, I want yeah. honorable members to remember the steps that we took until we arrived here where we are. We have a lot to do. <laughs> First, that you are now disrupting our meeting, your meeting. Uh, Minister, proceed. Yeah, firstly, as I said, we took a long time starting electoral systems around the whole world. We came up with a policy which we presented to cabinet and the cabinet allowed us to bring it to parliament. We presented in front of this portfolio committee. I then decided as a minister with your support to choose a ministerial task team, which was led by Honorable Vali Musa. I want to state in that report, Chairperson, if you revisit it, if you revisit it, there's a paragraph where they said, after they went to the constitutional hill to call political parties, members of the public and stakeholders to make their presentation, they clearly stated in that team, in that report, that there was no emerging sufficient consensus. That meaning among political parties and stakeholders, there was no emerging pattern on exactly what type of system do we need to adopt and what type of policies. It reminded me of uh, the early days of Condesa, where we're making consensus by what we call there is sufficient emerging consensus we can go forward. That report clearly said there is no sufficient emerging consensus. And that is why among themselves, they also came with two options. And we took one of the options and we ran with it. That's where we are today. I just thought it's important to remind everybody about that. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Minister. Um, DM, is there any other matter you want to comment on? No, not Okay, thank you very much. Uh, um, Minister and your team and honorable members. Um, this was a process uh, to get responses from yourselves, the minister and your legal team on the issues which have emerged in our consultation or engagement with various stakeholders. And it does not constitute or the comments of the members does not constitute the resolve of the committee at this stage. Is a process that uh, will assist the committee to interact with these matters as we move forward. And also at the particular stage, we may also call back the, the Home Affairs uh, to deal with certain uh, issues. Secondly, just for correction, so that it does not seem, uh, it doesn't go out as a, an affirmation of the committee. The private member's bill of a honorable veteran reporter uh, was not withdrawn by veteran reporter. The private member's bill 
was presented before the committee and were interacted with it. We've also requested the minister to comment on it, and there were some of the issues which the veteran Lakota had to agree on it on the views or submission of the minister. Then the committee decided, after consideration of the issues, not to proceed with the private members' bill. So the clarity that I want us to recollect on our minutes and notes so that it doesn't get into records that Unalukota withdrew the, the, the private members' bill. We did, deliberated on it, and the committee did consider not to proceed with the private members' bill and proceed with the executive um, electoral amendment bill. So that is a matter that I wanted us to, 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 to get clarity on. The third point is that we're going to uh, request Mr. Matonsi to just highlight the items, you know, the, the revised program, so that we understand how we're going to run on this process in terms of interacting with it until at the time the committee is going to take a decision and submit a report to National Assembly. Mr. Matunz, I'm going to allow you this opportunity to just take a, 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 the meeting on a revised a, a program. All the issues that uh, the minister and the DG and the DM have raised or the presentation of the legal team will form part of the deliberation as we, we, we move forward on this item. Mr. Matunz, are you on the platform? Chairperson, uh, I'm on the platform. I'm struggling to share. Every time when I want to share, the previous presentation appears on my screen. If uh, advocate can remove it, please. Advocate. Chairperson? Yes, yes, we're waiting for yes. you. Mr. Yeah, I'm struggling to share it. I don't know. There's a screen that is appearing on the system. I'm not sure if it's the screen that was uh, done by Advocate uh, Malakate. But yeah, instead of wasting time, can I go through it without sharing it? It will be important because. Uh, we, we, so that the public and all stakeholders understand fully uh, how are we going to interact on this matter. Advocate Malikan, can you assist each other to remove the the screen which uh, it was? Who, who are the... Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Are you able to say it, Chairperson? Yeah, just increase the. Is this the reverse? Is it the is the is the second term program? Are you able to say it? Yeah. No, can see. Just say increase the. So that you are able to talk to it, and then just increase the so that we are, we are members. Oh, okay, Chairperson. If you are able to see it, I'll start from, from the 6th of May because 
for, for next week Tuesday, we'll be dealing with the APP and, and the budget of the IEC and the government printing work. So they won't be won't be dealing with the uh, with the uh, we'll be dealing with the bill next week on Tuesday. But on Friday, as indicated earlier on, the legal service will also respond on any constitutional issues or legal issues that could be identified uh, in the report that was. Uh, responded to by the department. That will be on Friday, uh, 6 May. And then um, on, on 10 May, which is uh, on a Tuesday, then after today's meeting and next week Friday's meeting, the content advisor will still further consolidate the report that was done today. And then that report will be will be considered by the committee and adopted. That will be on the 10th of May. And then I will also uh, do the motion of desirability before we, we, we start with the issue of uh, deliberations. And then from there, if there's enough time, and then we'll also start deliberating on, on the bill. And then on the 13th of May, we'll also be deliberating on the further deliberation on the bill. And then uh, on the 7th, not on the 17th, on the 18th of May is consideration of the adoption of the A-list and the, and the amended B bill. And then we finalized the bill on the 24th of May. We, we, we extended it because there are certain issues. It was supposed to be on the 18th, but now we, we, we have moved it to the 24th of, uh, of, of May. Jefferson, I want to indicate that uh, if you recall in the earlier program, we also wanted the IEC, and you also mentioned to the, in today's meeting that the IEC should also respond. But uh, I think we, like we discussed in the last meeting, uh, during Manco, we need to schedule the issue of the IEC. When will the IEC come back to brief the committee uh, or to, to comment on the bill uh, before we start with the deliberation or after the deliberation, Chairperson? That's all what the problem entails at the moment. No, thanks very much. I wanted yeah, us to uh, outline the process we're going to engage on and just to re-emphasize that uh, the committee at this stage has not uh, began to deliberate on the uh, uh, electoral amendment bill while receiving responses or comments on all the uh, submissions were made uh, to the uh, to the committee, so that we are one in terms of the uh, process that the committee is going to is going to take and afford the committee to deal with. The second point is that uh, this program may change because we are going to that three issues are related to the IEC, which ought to uh, do further consultation and effect on the uh, program. The first one is the report of the local government elections that this committee still has to uh, factor it. The second one is the, uh, the, the referral of the report. Uh, as you recall that uh, the term of the chairperson or the term of the commissioner, uh, Machinini has ended and there was a process of interviews and the report has since been uh, submitted to the speaker and has been referred to the committee for consideration in terms of the, uh, uh, the deliberating on the uh, uh, the candidates which were processed 
uh, so that uh, we, we we resolve on the uh, commissioner. That also needs to uh, be factored in. The third one is, as we indicate, uh, Mr. Matunzi and members, on the comments of the IEC on the electoral amendment uh, bill that we are dealing with. So we've reworked our program of action uh, so that we prioritize in the main uh, this uh, electoral amendment bill. As you see, there are certain items that are not being have been removed and have been uh, uh, so that we're going to uh, see how we're going to uh, factor it, uh, this item, the three which are related to IEC, so that we work uh, in, uh, uh, on all the items that are before us. That is the program, members, um, the minister, and the IEC and the stakeholders on how we're going to uh, deal with this uh, matter. Is there any other matter, Mr. Matunzi? Uh, Chairperson, no, there's no other matter. Okay. Thanks very much, uh, honorable members, uh, for uh, uh, taking time to, and the stakeholders, um, the IC commissioners, and the executive who are here, um, and the media component uh, for this response of the department on the issues uh, that the public have, have raised. Will, as we move also, uh, if the other issues uh, uh, respond, request the ICE, so the the minister, the minister and the and the team uh, to come to the committee and, uh, and and respond so that at the time the committee is going to deliberate, all the issues have already been submitted before the committee and members of the committee are able to uh, enhance their clarity on how they are going to uh, contribute to this important piece of a legislation. I want to thank you, Minister and your legal team, and all honorable members who were here in the meeting and stakeholders, the legal team of the parliament and that of the Home Affairs and the IEC. Our meeting stands adjourned. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, colleagues. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, honorable members. Goodbye. Bye-bye, Minister. Thank you.